We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Welcome to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is the first day of fall, so we want to welcome you. And we welcome Shara Taylor, Corey's wife. I'm Rando. I'm Corey. And yeah, they didn't know I was going to do that. I'm in a yoga studio. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Was that Yanni? Uh, No, that's just something I whipped up. That was Rando? That was Rando. It's just the, the first day of fall. And I thought we, I would celebrate with a little fall music. That's the music they play when you go into a massage place. It kind, it kind of is. It, it was, was missing one thing, though. What's that? Rustling leaves. Well, I know, but I threw it together in like 15 minutes. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I got to put like these star sounds and the falling things. But uh, yeah, I should go outside and actually record the leaves falling. That would be, that cool. would be the thing. Anyway, welcome to the Storm Dark Weather Podcast. This is episode 86, A Taste of Fall. Rando, what time did fall begin? I think fall began at 2.50 a.m. Central Daylight Time. Am I correct or not? That would be correct. But? It was 7.50 UTC time, so, yeah. Right. We subtract five from that. Because we are in this this, uh, Central Daylight daylight Time, Saving Time right Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I've seen, yeah, that has been such a... Oh, a, a thorn in my it's a side. When, when people get fact, the facts wrong for Rando. Yeah, it, well, it, it, you know. Because that's an easy, <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot that goes into figuring out what time it starts. And I know. And we saw it across the board wrong from multiple outlets. I know. And it just drove me insane. And it's a simple thing. All you got to do is Google. And the reason I knew is because I put a, like, Three months ago, I put a countdown on our website, stormdarweather.com, mm-hmm. for fall. So I knew when it started. And then I started seeing these posts from from other people, other pages that were wrong. And I knew they were wrong because I knew exactly when to set that countdown for. Yeah. And uh, they, never, they never said the right one ever. No. And, and they never corrected it either. Right. And I, I'm, I really don't want to throw anyone under the bus on this, but I saw 3.50 a.m., Incorrect. Unless you're on the East Coast. Correct. Then it would be 3.50 a.m. I also saw another one, 1.50 a.m., which If is, you're in Denver, which you're it, not. <laughs> if you're in Denver, fall would begin at 1.50 a.m. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's... The, the proofreading nowadays just drives me insane. It's just... All you got to do is Google it. And don't just take one source... Google it. Go to many, many sources. That's what we do. And if they're all pretty much saying the same thing, I got to kind of take that as the Mm -hmm. the way it is. I was asleep. Yeah. Do what? I was asleep. Well, I think a lot of people were asleep. So I just assume, you know, when I woke up, it's there. (laughs) Yeah, we got that nice graphic. That's a great graphic. I'm I'm compiling all these graphics because... uh, 
you know, we can reuse them if they're generic. So thank you, Corey, mm -hmm. for that. Corey does all the graphics, of course. I do all the music. Uh, that's what we do here at Stormdar Weather. So anyway, happy fall. We were hoping to get some rain. There was a flash flood watch up there in Kansas City, and uh, they were expecting several inches of rain. I don't think they got that, though, did they? Well, between here and Kansas City, they got some a couple of flash flood warnings went out last night for that's the right. Nevada area. There was a lot of wet, disappointed, muddy people at the game. I know that much. Yeah, now you, you started giving the, the Kansas City game forecast up there. I had mm -hmm. tons of friends posting that they were out tailgating and they were all soaked. And oh, no way. And it poured <laughs> on them during tailgating. And, oh. then, and then it stopped and it started raining again closer to the end of the game. So most of it was dry. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, there were a couple things I was looking at that that showed like a swath. And we, we, you saw that as well as I did on radar, just a big swath of rain. But it kind of broke up after a while and kind of started going back and mm -hmm. forth. But, you know, that's right where the flash flood watch. And the flash flood watch went to, from Nevada, just north of Joplin, Nevada, all the way up to Jefferson City and all the way up there. And that's what we were thinking was going to happen. Um, but if, And I was hoping to get at least a half an inch of rain here I in Branson. I got under a tenth of, it, of rain. I didn't get anything. Yeah. Did you? I got a tenth and a spider. There you go. I went and looked at my rain gauge, and there I picked it up, and there was like a little spider in there. I went, no, that's not where spiders live. Spiders <laughs> are not supposed to live in rain gauges. I guess it was really, really thirsty. He got confused. He thought it was a water spout. A wa yeah, water spout. Oh, itsy bitsy spider. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you have small kids. How come don't he you? gets all these clapping hands and crap? And <laughs> okay, well, I hang get on. Nothing. Hang on, I got. Where's my clapping hands? I, here, just dumb I, jokes. There, I'll get you some happy kids cheering. <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, we were supposed to get some rain. We're just, we just, we're just missing the rain. Now the cold front has gone through, so it's way down in Arkansas now, and we've got this little break. Uh, temperatures are cool. They're not. You know, really cold. Well, tonight they're kind of chilly. I mean, Cher's over here with a blanket. <laughs> Poor thing. Uh, outside, we're recording this. It's it's uh, right now. It's nine fifteen on Monday evening, and uh, my thermometer in the window in the kitchen says sixty six degrees. And your what did you say? It was sixty three. Your car. Said? The car said sixty three on the way over here. Well, it said sixty six at my house, sixty three at your house. Our our current conditions on our website it says 64 64 so which is cooler right, i mean right in there that i mean it's that and that's still above where we should be right now we should be in the 70s and kind of upper 50s right now um that that's not happening that is really not going to happen yet and and we're in this pattern i mean we we knew this was going to happen and i saw it a couple of weeks ago if you remember on the podcast i said that gfs you know is advertising something coming around around the 22nd uh, and it was right. I mean, it wasn't I could have as, used about 10 degrees cooler. Yeah. Well, now a couple of weeks ago, it was saying 10 degrees cooler. Oh, I know. <laughs> I thought 50s, highs in the 50s. Whoa. And some more rain. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, two weeks, 14 days out is just really, you can't bank on anything like that. It was eye candy. So I moved it from eye candy into something to watch. And so something did happen. So uh, congratulations on the GFS for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're in this actual pattern now, this west and northwest flow uh, that's going to bring us some rounds of uh, showers every other day or so. We're going to get uh, some cool, uh, well, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say cool, I'm going to say mild. So temperatures in the 80s, 
we got uh, tomorrow. The uh, the forecast was for tomorrow: showers and thunderstorms increasing again. But I looked a while ago and I checked all the short-term models, and I don't think it's going to do a thing tomorrow. Well, actually, the forecast now says a thirty percent. I wrote this down: thirty percent chance of showers and thunderstorms between three and four p.m. So. I, I, yeah, no, because it, it was saying 11, and then I mean, it, it's been kind of all over the place. The, the forecast really has. So I'm trying to figure out when to I can get out and place me some more disc golf out there. What's uh, wrong with playing in the rain? I don't want to play Aren't in the rain. Are you dedicated? I'm not that dedicated. No. <laughs> no, I mean, no, a couple of my friends are, and they'll go out there. Most disc golf players are dedicated. Well,. I'm, I'm weather- I thought you were a true. I'm weathercated because oh. when it's raining, I'm going to stay at the computer and okay, disseminate the good information. Answer, good answer. Hey, yeah, this is not my first rodeo, by the way. Although, uh, you know, all these all these players have these uh, big bags and they have uh, their uh, towels and stuff, you know, because if you if you do throw. And the ground's wet. You pick up the disc. You got to wipe it off, and then you're you got to wash your towels and stuff. That's just a lot of work for me. But I think, I see, I was out playing a little bit today. The sunset was beautiful. We had some cirrus and some cirrus stratus clouds out there. And I posted, uh, we got uh, a little sun dog. It was kind of hard to see, but I sent it to you. And then I uh, actually posted it on, you know, put a circle around it and posted it on the side. A little sun dog out there. So that was kind of cool. Sometimes there's two. Did you not see two? The double parhelion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I didn't see two tonight. Of course, you know, if you look at the picture, I... I took all the trees were in the way, yeah, so I just saw that. So there could have been a double. It's just hard to get a good view. It really is. And I was in at, these parts. At, at Hollister, yeah, at the Hollister. I think it's Hollister High School. Is that where that is? They're I'm, all I'm, right next to each other. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, gotta Sorry. put that bugger. <laughs> Sherry's trying to get comfortable over here. It wasn't really meant for everyone to hear. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, and I was out playing, and I about the third or fourth hole, I just took a real hard swing and flaunt that disc and something in my right side i think i pulled a muscle so i know pity me pity me well i know you guys there's some ligament me. you can put on that there's some ligament you there's can put on that some no li- not ligament <laughs> you got some spare some ligaments st- laying around there's some ligament you can point you can put on that i think you meant liniment <laughs> Well, I didn't mean that. What we? Yeah. What, what, what? Would you like my yes. suggestion? Yeah, yes. What ligament ointment? Well, I'm can from I Oklahoma. Okay. <laughs> okay. Listen, All I'm right. from Oklahoma. It's it's a, it's a it's 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 an ointment. Is what it is. But you don't buy it at the drugstore or Walmart. You buy it from the Oklahoma veterinarian. Okay. And what it is? It's a big yellow bottle, and it's for horses. And you slap that on. It'll take that pain right out of there real fast. I've never heard of this. Are you kidding me? I was raised on a farm in Oklahoma. Oh, my dad would have that around all the time. Just slap some of that on his back or his arms. What is it called? Ketamine, probably. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not it sure. I think you can buy that. It has a big picture of a horse on it. It's it's for sore muscles for horses for that that, that ride 
all over the place. You know, they, we're going to have to research that during the yeah, weather school. <laughs> of course, this is when I was a kid, so I don't know yeah. if they still have it, but that's what he would use. It was probably cornmeal. That's probably what it was. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't think so. I, I no, that that that's fascinating. I mean, to do that, and I, um, excuse me, I don't want to. I, I hate taking Motrin. You know, if I'm really sore, like when I had my hernia surgery, yeah, I'm going to take Motrin and Tylenol and stuff. But you know, this this will heal and I'll be fine. And if it's not going to rain tomorrow, you can bet for sure I'm going to be out there on the golf course. Not sure where yet. Uh, so far, I've played the yellow bottle. She just bought that- it up on her phone. Oh, she just brought- <laughs> googled it. Veterinary l- liniment. <laughs> yeah, not ligament. Liniment. Ligaments. Topical. Analgesic and antiseptic. It's hard to read. I wonder what's in it. It's probably the same thing as what's in. But uh, yeah, Uh, the logo's changed a little bit. It is a a yellow bottle. Yeah. How funny. You know. You know. We should post that in in the comment. Can you text that to me, Shara, or screenshot it or something? Useful for many purposes around the stable. Horse liniment is great to have on hand. Horse liniment. From acting as an antiseptic for minor cuts to being used for soothing, refreshing body wash to relieve sore or stiff muscles I'm go after a, a hard workout. Wow. Uh, oh, there's a recipe. You can make your own. Oh, really? One cup of witch hazel. Okay. Two tablespoons arnica flowers, comfrey flowers, lavender flowers, and peppermint leaf. One tablespoon each of yarrow flowers and dried St. John's wort. I don't know where to find all that stuff. Menthol crystals, dried cayenne cayenne pepper. Ouch. (laughs) Oh, no. Don't rub your eyes after you put it on. No, not if you're going to mess with cayenne. Oh, my goodness. And that's this horse liniment stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I I think when I post the podcast, I need to uh, actually... This Post a picture that of that in the comments and say, this, this is what we are talking about. liniments are not approved by the FDA for human use and may be dangerous. Well, See? of course, they're going to say that. Right. It's not FDA approved because it hasn't been, it hasn't been evaluated vetted. Right. Hasn't by been the vetted. FDA. That's for horses. That's why there's a picture of a horse on the bottle. Well, but yeah. you can buy it at Walmart. Oh, you can? can? You can't buy it at ours. Well, it says here. Walmart.com. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you have to oh, you can buy everything at Walmart.com. Oh, you really can. It has DMSO in it. Whatever that is, is dangerous to humans. How much does that run at Walmart.com? I'm curious. I might go. Okay. Well, I wouldn't broadcast it if it's not for humans. <laughs> I wouldn't put it on the podcast. 1804. There's people 1804. in Oklahoma that live live off that stuff. I'm just, that, I'm that's just amazing. Saying. And it doesn't sound like it's got anything, you know, that would harm. It's whatever that DMSO stuff the is. DMSO. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Well, we'll have to have to... Look at that, but oh well. But we digress. We're talking about horse liniment. Um, How did we get on horse liniment? I, I'm not really sure. Oh, aches and pains. Disc golf. How did we get on disc golf? Because oh. because it because the weather's nice. That's what we're doing. <laughs> um, but no, I did look uh, later this week. I mean, the temperatures are going to go up and down. We've got some disturbances coming in. There's going to be weak cold fronts coming in, and a and a pretty good. Eh, not strong cold front, but a but a decent one coming in Wednesday night, and that's going to bring us uh, some showers and possible thunderstorms Wednesday, which I think uh, the SPC's got us in a marginal, uh, right right along that Miami Southern Missouri. Uh, I mean that may change, right? You know that's for you know, Wednesday, right? That's yeah. for Wednesday, yeah, for that cold front. And then what's going to happen is that front's going to go down to Arkansas, and then we're going to be on the cool side of it, so highs are only going to be in the eighties. 
Then that front's going to move back north for Thursday and Friday. The temperatures are going to warm back up again. I'm, I'm not feeling 90s. I'm really not feeling I'm 90s. I'm feeling upper 80s, I 88 think. 88 degrees on Sunday. About 88. 87, 88. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. I don't, I don't want to say 90. No, I don't. It's September. I, we should not be 90s. 90s. No. And Springfield set that two days worth of records. Uh, was it last week? 95. 95. That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, for September. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, August was cool. Lur. And then that that that's August temperatures in September, and and we, it's what uh, September twenty third. We're getting close to October now, so well they've already come out and said September is has been much hotter than than August was, which which we kind of kind of knew yeah. off the bat. And didn't you send me something uh, earlier about the six to twelve day or six to ten day temperature outlook was just way going to be up there? Yeah, it doesn't look good. Of course, I mean our normals are in the seventies, so. Yeah, anything north of there is going to be above normal. Yeah, well, if we do eighties, uh, you know, mid eighties, that's just going to be nuts. But I have news breaking it. Well, it's kind of kind of breaking news for everybody. Um, it's possible we're going to put in the something to watch category, and I'll explain why. It's uh, I'm taking it out of the eye candy into the something to watch. Uh, a possible master blaster around the uh, October second or third time frame. You've already put that in something to watch category. I have, and let let me explain why. The uh, the G, uh, the Canadian okay. Now the GFS has been advertising this for the past couple of days, couple three days actually. That some big cold chunk now cold meaning not eighties, you know maybe seventies or lower. Is going to come down, and you can see on the the uh, temperature grids on the GFS about the second and third big strong cold front comes through, and we're going to be left on the backside of that with highs in the sixties maybe, and lows in the forties. Well, now, now with that said, the Canadian is just barely starting to latch on this. And the ensembles, the GEFS and the GEPS, which are numerical ensembles, I looked at them. They are also advertising that, but not as strong. So they're saying highs in the low 70s as opposed to the GFS, which is all crazy. Remember a couple weeks ago, we just talked about it. You know, the GFS said, oh, we're going to get highs way down. But no, a little out of control. But the whole pattern, I've been watching it on all of those ensembles. You know, the like the uh, the nav gems, not it doesn't go out right that far. I mean, two hundred and forty hours is is ten days, and we're talking right at ten days. So the last frame of the Canadian is like you can tell. I'll show you after after during the weather school after. Podcast. So comparing all this to theme park rides, this definitely isn't a polar coaster. It is not a polar coaster. It's more of the kitty coaster or the merry-go-round. Right. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're going you. through the teacup right now. We're kind of oh, going out. Oh, yeah. sick. <laughs> oh, I can't do the teacup. No. We don't want to talk about that. <laughs> no. I wrote it one time. Uh, was it the Ozark Empire Fair when I was a young, young tyke? And uh, Corey's I, a wimp if anything goes round and round. Oh, me too. I don't even want to get on a roller coaster. I, I'm good. Yeah, my wife loved the roller coaster. She could can on... handle roller coasters. It's really? just things that go round and round. Oh, and they're round like the teacup thing. No, for sure. Or the balloons or no swings. Swing? Yeah, I don't know about swings. I would just rather. 
just hang out at the park and just look around. It, look at other people going crazy. <laughs> How about the big swing over next next to the racetrack? I don't think I could do that. I don't. I I don't want. I could. It goes do it, pretty high. I, oh yeah, yeah. And I've I, <laughs> I I can't say this on the podcast, but I've heard some <laughs> heard some uh, choice words when they start that <laughs> they start falling. I'll tell you during the inter, in the weather school, but yeah, I don't want to do that. I just want to. I could probably do the race. You know, little bumper cars. I could do that, but with my back, I don't know if I could do that anymore. I like roller coasters. You, uh, you like roller? Co- oh, Cheryl likes roller coasters. When I was, I don't. I want to say three or four. We went to Worlds of Fun, and the only part I remember about the entire day is waiting in line to ride it, the Orient Express. Oh like yeah, the new big ride, mm-hmm. and my sister was bawling the whole time we were in line because we were making her get on it. And she hated roller coasters, <laughs> and then when we got up there, they told me that I was too little. <gasps> so then I was the one bawling, and she was happy that she didn't have to ride it. But oh, I remember oh, crying because no. I couldn't ride the Orient Express. That's too bad. Oh, but and how old were you? I don't know for Five. sure. I I mean, like I remember like, yeah. it, so I was probably older than I. But I want to say I was like four. Oh man, that's probably five or six. I don't know. I was a short kid, so no, not not for me. No, not not for me. I and I did get to ride it later when I went with the band. And did you like it? Oh yeah, yeah. I see. I think we rode it when we were married, didn't we? How about your kids? Do they like roller coasters too? Yeah, just they're learning. Oh no, like we had to drag them on them. Yeah, we had to drag everyone. (laughs) And then they love them. Like we were those parents that drug our kids on. <laughs> Funny story, you know, my kids go out to Silver Dollar City all the time yeah. with their friends. Last year or two years ago, was it last year? My my high schooler, Grayson. Who used to hate roller coasters. Oh really? Wow. Lost his iPhone ten at Silver Dollar City. And this was right when it first came out. Brand new. Didn't phone. have a case on it or anything. Oh man. But uh, I can track his phone, so I can look and see where it's at. Yeah, it's at Silver City, but but it's moving, and it's moving, and it's moving. So we think it's stolen. In a circle, in a circle, that thing rode the wildfire roller coaster for four straight hours, (laughs) and he went and found the seat he was sitting in, and it was still between the seats. No way! That thing goes upside down like five times. Totally unharmed. Yeah. No way. Like he, he had to wait till there. the park closed because they he thought he dropped it down underneath the ride. Okay. And for safety reasons, find it. they can't oh. go underneath the ride or whatever During until park hours. Yeah, they have to wait till the park is closed. So he was, was hanging on out on the roller coaster the entire time. That's funny. That is so funny. Yeah. I've used my find my iPhone one time and it didn't work. You know why? Because the battery had run down. <laughs> yeah. Well, this wasn't find my iPhone, is it? You did you use the? No, we have a family tractor tracker. Family uh, tractor. Oh, the family with ligaments. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I can see how fast my kids are driving at the you know live. That's so actually very exactly smart. Where they're at. That so is he can text smart. his wife and say, "I see you're at Walmart. Can you grab some of this one?" Oh. Yeah. Or I thought that was a kid I'm tracker. Pulling out of the driveway. Where are you going? Don't spend any money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds like something fun that you know a family would would, would do. <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about the weather. Well, I got a little. Got some stuff? information. Here. Okay, what you got? There was a release, a news release that came out this week, and 
this news release came from the Northern Illinois University, and there was a group of scientists uh, that was formed about five years ago. They uh, they they called the that they formed to in order to create a, f- a forecast system called the Extended Range Tornado Activity Forecast, or the ERTAF, E-R-T-A-F. Huh. And what they were able to do, they finally got everything together, and it's a long, detailed article, but they forecasted a tornado outbreak in May, four weeks before it happened. No way. And... You can look it up online. Okay. Uh, it's a very, very detailed article. They wanted to make sure everything was detailed, every bit how they did it. but th- And they think they can keep doing this year after year. They said this past year was a little difficult because it was an El Nino season. Okay. But that makes it more remarkable that they were able to do this. May was full of tornadoes. Yeah, from, from the mid-May to the end of May, well, we got a slow start, right? But then we once did. it kicked in, bam, it just went. But they were they they highlighted the likelihood of an active period of severe weather three to four weeks into the future. But you know, May is almost a given, right? But uh, there's a Weather Journal documented about this and and how they think this is going to be part a future of forecasting. Okay. Uh, the forecast process is complex. It looks for signals in two atmospheric indices, the Madden-Julian oscillation, an eastward-moving disturbance of winds, rain, and pressure, mm-hmm. and the global wind oscillation, a collection of climate and weather information that measures atmospheric angular momentum or the degree of waving, waviness in the jet stream. Okay. okay. And, and these are occurring well over the... You know, Pacific Ocean and almost all the way to whatever country that is over there. Right. But uh, like four weeks in advance, how? I mean, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. For yeah, that's that's almost impossible. I mean, it's, the conditions that resulted in this tornado outbreak began thousands of miles away as thunderstorms over the Indian Ocean and maritime continent. The storms progressed into the Equatorial Pacific leading to an enhancement of the jet stream, a key signal the scientists were looking for. So, well, yeah, of, of course, the jet stream is what's driving everything. Well, so, the that jet stream sense. then crashed like a wave. That's what they were looking for. It was uh-huh. breaking up over Western North America, it formed a wavy, wavy pattern. Uh huh. And that's what caused the tornado outbreak, evidently. Wow. Yeah. That's it's a very interesting read if you want to look that up. That uh, ERTAF. ERTAF. Yeah, and that's the and that forecast system that they. What, what's that? What, what's the acronym stand for? Uh, I just e- closed it out. Oh. Uh, extended range tornado. Yeah, something like that. So extended they, range tornado activity forecast. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to definitely look that up, and I don't have to write it down because we're on a podcast, so <laughs> I can go and like listen to it. Fascinating. I mean, they're, they're kind of so. doing that with, with, with hurricanes and stuff, which uh, that's kind of a good transition into the tropics. But d- they said that we set a record. I mean, does that sound right to you? They said that we set a record of having the most 
named storms at one time, which they said six. I don't know. I I don't know either. I, I didn't research that. I didn't have time I to research that. I saw the that. story, but I did research. You know, that's, six not, or just, seven. that's not just in one ocean. It's a, no, right. It's all, the whole tropics. Yeah, they had like three... Uh, like three in the Atlantic and three in the Pacific and right. then Amelda, I mean, duh, <laughs> who came on shore and turned turned extra tropical on there. Yeah, I mean, there was a big old, uh, a big article on that about six, six or seven. I think it was six named storms going on at one time. Mm-hmm. And we're all ready to, well, let's see, I wrote some stuff down. We got uh, Tropical Storm Jerry. Uh, he's going to play with Bermuda. Uh, go up, going up there, not it won't affect the U.S. mainland. Uh, tropical depression now. Depression, Karen. Now, I mean, ah. what's a tropical storm? Uh, Karen has gone down to a tropical depression. Uh, it's forecasted to move over Puerto Rico. They really don't need any more stuff down there no. uh, as a tropical depression, and then it's going to kind of meander toward Bermuda, but then kind of, you know, kind of. Sp- swirl around or whatever and mm-hmm. then we've got tropical uh storm lorenzo just off the african coast and that is uh he's expected to be a major hurricane by saturday but going up right in the middle of the atlantic so huh. uh we, well we've looked out here in the mainland we really have i mean dorian was a close call that's the closest mm-hmm. real call and it you know it did some damage Especially up, you know, Cape Hatteras and stuff like that, and especially over Bahamas. I mean, that yeah, we don't need to rehash that, but man, but Bermuda seems to be the target now because Jerry's doing that now. Karen's kind of going, yeah, they want to go tickle Bermuda a little bit, <laughs> and there's a, there's another small disturbance off of the uh, Yucatan Peninsula. Yeah, there's like ten twenty percent chance that might you know just organize thunderstorms, but don't think anything's going to happen. Now in the Eastern Pacific, we had. What is it, Mario and oh, what's the other one? We had Mario and one was, was there it, a Loretta? A, Loretta, a, yes, yeah. yeah, moved up. Uh, 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 Baja and I checked this afternoon, and both of them have dissipated. They, I knew they were going downhill, but both of them have dissipated. But Tropical Storm Kiko is still there. Kiko. <laughs> Kiko, do you remember uh, uh, what? What? Okay, now what was that one? Tropical system slash hurricane in the Atlantic that that kept going in a circle. Oh, I remember that. And I, I want to say like uh, you know like was it Juan or something like Cuervo or something, something like that. I don't know. I kept I kept making a tequila reference to yeah. it because it was just going. Well, Kiko is kind of like that except Kiko is not going to strengthen anymore. Kiko is on its way down right now. It's it's it was hurricane raging hurricane for a while, um, and I think we talked about Kiko last last week. It's just. Kind of hanging out out there. Uh, it's going to meander around, kind of go west, kind of go south, kind of go west a little bit. And then uh, eventually just, you know, tropical depression. And hopefully with by, you know, the weekend, it's going to be gone. Uh, and there's another one just south of Mexico. Another little disturbance. And it's, it's a yellow X. You know, we talk about the yellow X, the orange X, and the red X. Well, the, the yellow X means, yeah, it's just probably... 10, 20, 30% might do something, but not really that interested. And the Central Pacific, there is nothing. Although Kiko is kind of, you know, in that crossover zone there. But Kiko, eh, not looking at that. Let's talk about Imelda just a little bit. Okay. Uh, 
Lots of rain down there in Texas. Oh my gosh. Uh, it just stopped. Astronomical rain rates of six inches per hour were, were absorbed, generating the equivalent of a month's worth of rain in 60 minutes. Can you imagine that? Wait a minute. A month's worth of rain in, in 60, 60 minutes. minutes. Right. Well, that depends on the month. Some months you don't get any rain. Yeah, but if well, you get you're like an average. They're saying six inches an hour. And so if we you don't get, get six, six inches a month right now. Oh, gosh, here, no. no. Oh, gosh, no. No. So that might be even more than that. Matter of fact, I, th- I think our, our 37 inches are, is our yearly. Yeah. So that's maybe an inch and a, not an inch and a half a month. <laughs> wow. <laughs> is it an inch? No, it's not an inch. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, that's not that much. But it, and I, didn't Houston flood again? Three inches. Well, over 36 inches of rain fell in just 36 hours in parts of coastal Texas. So parts of Houston flooded. Now, Beaumont flooded. Galveston down there? Yeah, they, they got... It went all the way to... Uh, along the coast into Alabama. They were having rain, too. Oh, oh really? Yeah, Past Louisiana into Alabama? Further than you really hear about, you know... It's all Texas, 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 but it, that's it, all I it, heard it about is Texas. It yeah, extended just a little bit further than that. Wow! And here's another scientific article uh, about Amelda. Okay, did you know that Amelda's immense rain is now seven times more likely to occur than just thirty years ago? Why? Why would that be? Any idea? Well, it's it's climate change. I mean, we're warming up. Yeah. It just makes to it's, me it, it makes sense. It's due to uh, heat trapping greenhouse gases. Yeah, yeah. Seven times more likely in just thirty years. And thirty, and it's and I'm sure it's going to be accelerated even after mm-hmm. that. I mean, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Warmer air can hold more moisture, and if we get warmer and warmer, we're going to have more moisture. We're going to have the. I mean. If that I didn't vet that, but when they said the six tropical storms, whether tropical storms slash hurricanes in the tropics at one time, uh, you know September second second week of September, you know we talked about that last week, you know that those hurricanes it's it's time it's time for everything to start, well, I was start kicking in. Melda would come up and hit us a little more and give Me us too. Some more rain, but it didn't. It just kind of yeah, yeah. went around Shreveport, I think, got some stuff. But I, I kept going through the radars. Speaking of radars. That's where I was going. <laughs> What's wrong with our radar now? Well, the Springfield <laughs> National Weather Service radar is currently down for at least five or up to five days, up to I should five. say, okay. for a transmitter upgrade. Oh, okay. It's all part of that upgrade that they've been doing across the board oh the major upgrades yeah yeah yeah. because it said like mod something 194 and i didn't know what that mod note 194 it did and that that has to do with a transmitter upgrade okay because i i was googling it and it's like i can't find anything now i'd like to give you know we aren't expecting a whole lot of rain in the next five days but but what do we do Mm. when I mean, we are, but nothing severe. Right. But what, what what exactly do you do when you're looking at your radar app and Springfield is down? It's raining, but it's not, I mean, we've gotten that before. People say it's raining, but it's not showing up on radar when Springfield Springfield goes down. Exactly. I know. I wouldn't say often, but I know. it does go down. I know. what I know. Well, do you really know? You go to neighboring radars. You, that's what we do. Yeah, but what what are you saying? Well, people in bigger cities have uh, 
different radars that they can go to. There's only 46 of them. They're called TDWRs. And oh, those are at yeah. airports. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'll measure rain and, and velocities and downdrafts for, for, for air, aircraft. But but they're real short range, though. They're not. They're for If you live in a big city, that's all. You know, it yeah, covers okay. the city. All right. Yeah. Springfield, Tulsa has one. Springfield does not. So what what do we do? We usually go to, to Fort Smith. Yeah, Fort Smith, Tulsa. Fort, Fort Smith's city. a little cl- closer. Kansas, yeah, Kansas City. You know, I looked even uh, Little Rock. Had, their, their outer band is just right there a little bit. Well, here's what we do. And this is not something that I remember doing in the past, but I did research it today. If you're using a neighboring radar on radar scope, never, ever, ever use the super res function. Exactly. Go to the base function. Super res only works 125 miles out. It's yeah. not as accurate the further you get. Sometimes you'll see false returns using super res over Branson from, from, from the Fort Smith radar. So you always want to switch that over to base reflectivity because it extends it like 215 to 225 miles. And it actually shows rainfall beyond the little circle radar scope that's that's around each radar. You can switch that over to base reflectivity. I guess velocities would work too. And it actually ex- extends it, and it's more accurate than what you would see using super res. Right. The closer you are to the radar, super res is okay. Further away, you want to switch over to base. Well, what about the 248? Well, that's a function on here. I don't use it very often. I, I use it with the hurricanes some because people, it can some get out. Do. Really get out. You know, when Dorian was out there, I would use <coughs> I would use two forty eight because it would really get out. So there. that's like three layers. You have super res, which is like one hundred and fifteen. Then you have mm-hmm. the base, which is two hundred twenty, and then you have the two forty eight. Yeah, and it's each each one of them is less defined definition like you know right yeah the resolution is gonna right. go down yeah i mean yeah and like i said like the, the 248 it goes out further but it's it's you know think think of it as a picture um for you know like the super res is a really fine you can get right down there little bitty pixels and see what's going on but if you get to the base it's not near as high as resolution but that makes sense because it's going out in what do you say like 35 miles more or something like that, or what'd you say? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it that. goes Even further. Than that. Okay. So. Well, I, yeah, we're going we're, we're gonna to have to start doing it. But what's funny is when you go to Radar Scope, uh, KSGF is not red, which is weird. I've gone Usually to... Usually K- when it goes down, it's red. Yeah, it's got a little green dot next to it. Yeah. Maybe they're back up. It says it's online. It's not back up. Yeah, it says it's online, but it's not. No, and well, because I think down at the bottom of Radar Scope, you looks, it says you know how eight hours old or something like that. Nine hours and forty eight minutes. Nine hours and forty. Yeah, nine hours and forty eight. Yeah, that's not gonna, not gonna do much. I don't like how it keeps the old radar image on there, though. I agree because if if for for the. For the amateurs that go right. there, they're going to look at that and not notice that lower right-hand little corner right. and say, wow, we got stuff happening right now. Yes. No, that, that's it not It just paints work. it on there, and once it goes down, it just doesn't go away. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if that's a National Weather Service thing or if that's a radar scope thing. I'm thinking it might be radar scope. Because hmm. it's, well, it's not on the radar that's on our website. Right. 
So, how, but how is the radar on our website working? If it's a composite of all the radars, so it's just going to so go, it's going to composite. Right. Yeah, so we're going to take Tulsa and Kansas City and Fort Smith and all those. See, that's why we like composites. I don't know. In our website uh, now, real radars, like yeah, like you would. Oh, I say real radar, but. Actual radar systems, like a TV station, that a place that doesn't have their on-location radar, if they use the National Weather Service radars, they have to select each radar just like on radar scope. It's not. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The, the higher-end computers, you can select up to three or four at one time. But we're looking at radar on our phone, and we're very lucky to have radar scope oh, in our gosh, pocket yes, yes. whenever we want it. Oh, yeah. At Walmart. I, I can't tell you how many times I have been in a line at Walmart. <laughs> and what do I do? Whip out radar scope right there. And I'm looking. And I have made actual posts about rain, about rain and thunderstorms while standing in line. Well, I look at, <laughs> I look at radar scope when I'm at Walmart with her. And I go, I'm sorry, honey. I have to go outside and film the clouds. <laughs> And I did a Facebook Live from Walmart parking lot. You did. He's so not joking. He has literally left me in the middle of an aisle. Like, I'll be right back. You know what? I would <laughs> I would have done the same thing with Karen. Well, people, were saying, <laughs> life, yeah. people were saying, oh, we got tornadoes. And it was just scud clouds. But All right. I had to go in there and kind of explain what was going on. Exactly. Because, again, it, this comes circles back around what we were talking about in the intro. It's like, you, 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 I want to disseminate the correct information, not you know, hype and stuff like that. So yeah, I totally agree with you. If you're, if we're getting, uh, comments and pictures and stuff, it's like, you know, this is turning, this is spinning, this is rotating. No, not really. So you go out and, and we just kind of calm them down because don't freak out. We just got scud clouds. We, you know, because sometimes those scud clouds can move up and down because you've got up draft, down draft. But that doesn't mean tornado, because in order to be a tornado, it has to be... Rotating? Rotating, right. And that's where you stand there and watch it. Not up and down. That's just... That's cool air, warm air, up, down, up drafting, down drafting. That's what's going to happen there. But a tornado would be more of a rotation and... Uh, if it's really going to get with it, you'll see a wall cloud, and yeah, there's just a lot that goes with it. So we try that. You would know if it was a tornado. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I'm going to use my wife as an example. <laughs> okay, <laughs> she's had five kids. Right. She looks great, though. Right. Looks awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, first kid, second kid, she would get more experience with having kids throughout mm-hmm. her every kid. You know. So she would know if a pain early, well, she would go in the hospital if she would get a pain length. She, she thought she was going into labor. Right. And then they would send her home or whatever. But when she actually went to labor, she was like, how would I confuse that little pain for actual labor? Because she didn't have it before. Yeah. Right. So when you don't see, I, that's a weird story to tell. I know. <laughs> well, but I, I don't remember going to the hospital with any little pains. Anyway, well, but but the point, you know, if you get the Braxton Hicks, then because you, you don't right. know what real People labor ask is all the time. I'm how saying, will I know if I'm in labor? And you just that's our answer. Is, I'm saying if it's the real thing, know. you'll know it. Yeah, if it, yeah, if I mean, it's questionable, if you have questions, if it's. Yeah, and also there will be talk about it. We will true. definitely be talking about. It's it. It's not just going to happen without. You know, uh-uh. atmospheric conditions have to be right. In Without order for us that warning, 
in advance. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna there's gonna be chatter. There, there will be an not only from us but from. Yeah, National outlets. Weather Service, anywhere. You know, listen to the National Weather Service. They do Facebook Lives as well. You know, if we're in an enhanced or a moderate risk, yeah, you need to kind of pay attention to the weather, and that's what we're going to do. Oh, goodness. Hey, I we've miss, been talking a lot. I, I, think it's, weather season. I think it's time to go to the weather school, and this week's weather school is all about weather models. We've been talking about weather models all over the place, um, and I've given those acronyms, GFS, CMC Canadian. So hopefully this weather school will explain a lot what weather models are and how they work. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, stormed our weather school. This week's topic is all about weather models. You've heard us constantly talk about models on our Facebook page, so we wanted to give you some insight on exactly what they are and how they work. There are so many different types of models out there, and they involve intense calculations of data provided by radiosondes. A radiosonde is a battery-powered instrument carried in the atmosphere by a weather balloon filled with hydrogen, and they're released twice a day from around 92 different National Weather Service offices all around the country. The balloons take the radiosondes way up in the atmosphere to measure things like altitude, temperature, dew point, wind direction and speed, and barometric pressure. Eventually, the balloons will burst after reaching a height of around 13 miles, and the radiosonde will fall back to Earth. You might happen to find one of these radiosondes on your property sometime. They're all equipped with a prepaid postal bag, so all you'd need to do is put the instrument in the bag, and the post office will return it to the National Weather Service for recycling. The raw data collected by the radiosondes are relayed back to the National Weather Service office and fed into supercomputers. In essence, the models themselves are computer programs that produce a future state of the atmosphere. All of them use mathematical calculations and project how they think the atmosphere will behave in the future. Each model uses slightly different equations and we get slightly different solutions with each one. Their accuracy is good one to three days out and starts decreasing after that. Most models are pretty good up to six days and only somewhat accurate after that. There are two types of weather models. One, probabilistic, and two, deterministic. Probabilistic models vary the starting conditions slightly and are basically producing a what-if scenario. The deterministic models are ones that run with a specific set of conditions and result in a single conclusion. One of the main ones we use is the GFS, or Global Forecast System. This one is updated every six hours and is designed for short, medium, and long-range output. This one can forecast 384 hours or 16 days out, although the accuracy really diminishes after about seven days. We also use the NAM, or North American model. It's similar to the GFS, but it has a shorter range in forecasting and only goes out about 84 hours. 
Another popular one is the ECMWF, or the European Center for Medium Range Weather Forecasting Model, or what we call the EC or European. It's different from the GFS and the NAM. The EC uh, has a high resolution and is able to forecast smaller scale processes. The difference between the American models, the GFS and the NAM, and the European is that the European collects data every hour for 12 hours before generating an output. The EC only updates twice a day and is really considered a little bit more accurate than the American models. Each model uses hypothetical situations and compiles a best guess based on the data they ingest. The GFS uses 21 hypothetical situations while the EC uses 51. The models run various scenarios and change small variables with each run, and then they select the most common result. Usually, most models come into the same agreement about two days out. A few other models in this category are the RGEM, or Regional Deterministic Prediction System, that's another Canadian model, and the JMA, which is a Japanese model. Some of the other shorter range models we use are the HRRR, or HER, which stands for High Res Rapid Refresh. This one only goes out 18 hours, but it's updated every hour. This one's good for very near-term forecasting, like severe weather events. Another is the WRF, or WARF, which stands for Weather Research Forecasting, and only goes out 48 hours. The WARF also updates every hour. There are even models that focus more on tropical weather, like the HWRF, or the Hurricane Weather Research and Forecasting Model. This one is a cousin to the WARF, and it's designed to track disturbances over the oceans. One of the longer range models is the CFS, or Climate Forecast System. This one doesn't focus too much on near-term weather, because it's designed to look at the global climate patterns and make seasonal forecasts. Models only generate output for slices of the atmosphere in which weather and patterns have a propensity to differentiate. The first slice is taken at roughly 5,000 feet, where the friction from the Earth decreases considerably, and the airflow is more constant. The next slice is around 10,000 feet, and at around 18,000 feet, we're able to see areas of vorticity better, like low-pressure systems and ridges of high pressure. The top two slices are around 30,000 and 38,000 feet, and that's where we can see the jet stream much easier. Because models only give us slices of the atmosphere, then it's up to the human forecaster to make judgments on what weather should occur in the entire vertical column. Models are only used as a guide, and it's up to the forecaster to make the final call. Weather models are very complex, and it would literally take hours to fully explain the ins and outs of how they work, but this should give you a basic knowledge of weather models. So, next time you hear a forecaster say, models are indicating then you'll know what we're talking about. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com and in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And the icon and the GFS and the CMC and all those models and the numericals and the... Uh, 
ensembles and amazing. Yeah, and, and and the weird thing is, you know, this weather school. I just told a few. There are dozens, dozens of models out there. There's the hurricanes. There's there's everything, but but not ones that we can get our hands on. Uh, no, we can get our hands on a few, a few. Yeah. And really for me, I'm, I'm, good, with that. I'm good with that. You know, as long as the GFS is going to tell me that, that we're not going to be in the nineties in a couple of weeks, I'm good with that. Right. <laughs> good. Okay. Let's time. It, let's time. Yeah. It's time to get to the next segment, which is this week in weather history. So Corey, what you got this week in weather history, September 22nd, which would have been yesterday. Yes. 2006, which would have been a few years back. I was working at the Yakov Smirnoff Theater that day. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was a weather enthusiast back in the day. Even I mean, that wasn't that long ago. And I knew that tornadoes were possible that day. A few days in advance. Uh-huh. Well, I go to work that day. Ready to go home and watch radar and get ready for the tornado outbreak. And some of my coworkers decided to go out to lunch. And they decided to take me along. It's like, okay, I can probably go out to lunch. Went to Mr. G's Pizza, downtown Branson. I walk in and my entire family, from my grandma to my wife, and my kids were in there throwing me a surprise birthday party. Oh, how fun. So, I thought, well, it's not my birthday. <laughs> Still a couple weeks away. Okay. Or more, three weeks I'm away. <laughs> but I guess they decided to do it then, so I wouldn't know about it. Anyway, I was sitting there eating my pizza at uh, Mr. G's. Uh-huh. Dave TV on in the background. And it, this was, we let our show at about 1230 in the afternoon, so it was about... 115. And I look up and guess who I see? Ron Hurst. Uh oh. And it kind of ticked me off because I wasn't expecting this to happen at like four or five o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, Ron Hurst already had a tornado on the ground somewhere. Oh my gosh. So we were under a moderate that day. And I'm not sure when the enhanced went into effect, but I don't think we had the enhanced yet. Maybe, maybe we did. Enhanced is fairly new. Yeah. I mean, I mean, fairly, but yeah. Of course, this is 13 years ago. Yeah, we didn't have enhanced then. But it, we were in the moderate. And the moderate stretched from Chicago all the way down to almost the Gulf Coast. Wow. Gulf Coast. So anyway, there was a tornado outbreak September 22nd, 2006. And uh, it affected parts of Missouri and Arkansas. There was a tornado. This was after dark in Gas, Arkansas. Gas isn't a big town, but it had a gas station. It got destroyed. And gas is like between uh, here and Mountain Mountain Home. Did did you used to drive through gas? Uh Kind of in the flipping area. Uh It was not not too far from here. G-A-S-S. I've seen it, but I couldn't tell you where it was at. Yeah. But uh, that also that night, well, there was 43 tornado reports from Chicago all the way down to the Gulf Coast. 
The strongest tornado of the event was an F4 that struck in Crosstown, Missouri. Oh, that's big. F4. That's big for September. Yeah. It was F4 on the old Vegeta scale. Okay. The EF didn't go into effect until the next year. So 2007 is when EF. Oh, so when the enhanced went. came right. in? Okay. Correct. So I'm not sure where Crosstown is. I think it's closer to St. Louis. Let's see here. Mm. It was it, near the town not... of St. James and Crosstown. Okay, I know where St. James is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's on the way to St. Louis near Rolla, right? Kinda, yeah, it's around the Rolla area. Yeah, it's not too far from here, really. Not really. A couple hours. Crosstown must have been a small town, though, because I've never heard yeah, of it. Yeah, I've heard of Cross Timbers, but not so, Crosstown. So, F4 yeah. that struck 13 years ago, you know. But it happened. This is before I knew you. Mm-hmm. Before... I was involved with Stormdar before before Facebook, basically. Well, almost, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think Facebook was invented in, like, 2004, I think, maybe. I wasn't on it in, until 2009. But I was going to go home and watch Ron, and I did. You know, I was watching Ron, and I was kind of doing my own posts and everything, kind of like we do now, except it was on my own personal MySpace what were you page. Posting, what were you my posting space, on? MySpace. Oh, do you have MySpace? Uh, let me interrupt you just a second. Cross, I just look at Crosstown. It's way over in, it's along the Mississippi River oh. uh, between the Boot Heel and St. Louis. It's way, way south. They show me a picture of an F4 wedge tornado, and it looks like it's still daylight outside. Maybe it's lightning. It yeah, I mean, it, it says here 2006 tornado. Yeah. I, I was just looking to see where Crosstown was because I wasn't sure. Anyway, no, go it on. It should be noted. That spring of 2006 saw very little in the in the tornado world. There was no major outbreaks that spring. It was a very slow tornado season. Okay, when they should have been happening in springtime. But wow, you usually don't see an outbreak like that. In the fall, yeah, they always I mean, say September is the second. Yeah, we we season. have the second severe season, but it's usually not near no. what it is in May and June or April. Yeah, so crazy. Only reason I remember that is because it was the day we they celebrated my birthday. And Ron Hurst came on the TV while I was eating my pizza. So and so you immediately vanished your surprise birthday party and went right to. See, uh, back in that day, I don't even those, remember those days. I only worked issue. from eight a.m. till twelve thirty p.m., and I was off for the rest of the day. Oh we wow! Had one morning show, and that was it. It was a great schedule. Wow. Anyway, I was pretty sure you had to be back. That's why I had to have a party so close to the theater. You had to be back for a three o'clock. If it was in the fall, well, yeah, that's, fall. Yeah, that's when things start kicking back we would up have a, we would have a, I know you had to have a party. That's why I had it in the middle of the day. You're right. We would have near the theater. an afternoon show twice a week. So if it was on Tuesday and Thursday, you're right. There, there you go. go. But I don't know what day it was. But uh, we did have wow. tornadoes. Well, yeah, and it's not... I mean, and everybody should know tornadoes. What you were doing that day, that night. You were probably watching them, too. Uh, 6, 2006, September. Uh, I think it was at the showboat. We didn't have radar scope back then, that's for sure. No, but I had the Marine crew. That was the fun thing about the Marine crew and really? the showboat. Yeah, because I would go up to the captain because they knew I knew weather. 
You know, I wasn't a professional by any means, but they knew Stormdar was going at that point. It wasn't like it is now, but they knew Stormdar was going. So I would go up and I would befriend the Marine crew. So they would give me, you know, they would have their little inside. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, 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 Bobby. I remember uh, Captain Bobby. And oh, there was another captain. I forget. Well, this is 2019. That was a long time ago. I did yeah. the party a month in advance because he had had multiple surprise parties over the years. And he always knew about them. Ah, and he bragged of how no one ever could pull a surprise on him. The typical, nobody can fool me. <laughs> right. And he was turning the big 3-0 that year. Oh, 3-0. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think I remember we what 3-0. we were so old. Oh, yeah. I don't, I, don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. In five years, I'm going to be the big 6-0. So you got to throw me a surprise party when I'm 60. So. We can do that. Okay. We'll work on it. All right. Well, I think it is time for the next segment. It's the weather word of the week. And this week's Stormdar Weather Weather Word of the Week goes to Shara Taylor, Corey's wife. And it is... Windsock? <laughs> that doesn't seem like much of a weather word. Wind well, it's an easy sock. one, so... There. That's those little things you hang outside on your porch. Well, yeah. Airports have them sometimes. Oh, yeah. People have A them. conical? Is it conical? Conical. 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 Sorry. Right. Textile tube that resembles a giant sock. Wind socks can be used as a basic guide to wind direction and speed or as decoration. Yeah. See, I want one just for decoration. That's all I've ever known them for. So those are the big orange things at airports. Exactly. If you see, like, yep. we're, we're, like in Miami, where we're from, they have crop dusters. Uh-huh. And there's a big wind sock where they take off, you know? Yeah. And there's, there's some airfields that aren't. Actual airports are like fields, actual fields. They'll always have a windsock. Definitely. Which direction. Or at the hospital where the helicopter lands, there's a, you know, something. Well, you got to know which way the wind's blowing. Right. You got, you know, aviation stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes they're pretty big sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yellow and, uh, not yellow, orange and white. Mm -hmm. There's orange and white windsocks. How cool. That's cool. <laughs> no, I'm kind of laughing. <laughs> I'm like, you came up with it. <laughs> Not like I. <laughs> My wife is covered in a huge blanket right now, and I I'm know. about to burn up right now. Well, I said, I'm comfortable. Her, so. leg, her legs are <laughs> propped up on my I have my, my feet legs. on you because you're warm. And I'm kind of sweaty, and here she, she doesn't have enough iron in her system. Well, that's what I think. That's what I was saying. But there's plenty of M and M's. See, I always have. If you come to the podcast no with me, I've got M and M's on the table, so you're welcome to the M and M's. That's what the, you hear. All those. I'm in a basement. It's cold. There's one. And it's only sixty protein. degrees outside. That's like winter to me. Yeah, you're in for a rude awakening because I think we're gonna have. I am. Once that polar coaster hits, I am because here's the thing: at <laughs> it's going to be in my line of work. Polar coaster. Yes. They keep the buildings freezing. Well, they have to. And in the yeah. middle of the night, when you don't have house. all the bodies rustling around, it gets even colder. You bring your your nursing germs home, so I have to keep the. So I go down, outside in the middle of the night at work, and that's to get warm. And it's like amazing when it's eighty or ninety degrees, and you can step outside when you're freezing, and you're like, ah, so warm. Yeah, but, it's, but it's, now I go outside, and it's not any warmer outside than it is inside. So how do you survive warm. in February? I wear a lot of layers, <laughs> and I have a husband that puts off a lot of body heat. Yeah, well, yeah, men do that. It's a testosterone Great. thing. I have I've never, 
you know, everybody knows I've talked about this before. I'm a pretty sedentary person because of my job. I sit for a living. I sit and I arrange. I sit and I drive my car to the gig of which I sit. <laughs> That's all I do is sit. I never sit. So now what? But see, now that I'm in this disc golf thing, I'm sweating and sweating and sweating. <laughs> and I'm drinking more water. And it's wearing me out because I'm old. <laughs> you know. What? Along with disc golf and stretching those muscles that you don't normally use, you're also getting a lot of walking in, right? A lot of walking. So you need to look on your iPhone every time, every at every night, and tell me how many. Do you have? Do you? Keep I your, need one of those. It, I was thinking yeah, your about iPhone that. Does Just put it. your iPhone in your pocket. Your iPhone yeah. keeps your oh, step I do. count. And I do. it'll tell you how many steps your you have for the day. Thing your health app on there will tell you how many oh, steps. I need to do that. It'll tell me how many. It'll tell you how many flights of stairs you a climbed. Good, and, a good, nice number to have per day. Yeah, but see, the problem is. Like I was telling you before the podcast, now that I'm exercising, I'm sore. When I wasn't exercising and just sitting on the couch and just sitting, you need I'm not sore. huh? You need biofreeze. Biofreeze? Yeah, that's the, that's the human version of horse liniment. Oh, <laughs> the horse ligament, yeah. <laughs> some good stuff. Oh. I just rubbed some horse ligaments on my arms. Soothes what ails you. The yeah. horses don't care for it, but <laughs> but it sure makes you feel better. <laughs> I think once yeah. they kick me, it just knocks me right out. Well, <laughs> that's what I was wondering. You know, with some of this ligament or liniment, though, <laughs> I can't even think. Oh gosh. Okay, I think this podcast. Is going I off could the send rails. some kids to sleep with you at night and kick you in weird places. I don't think I want any of that. I'm. 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 Helps I'm, you not I'm be good. sore over the years. Yeah. Well, I think eventually I'm going to probably start taking I haven't some actually motion. slept next to my husband in, what, 20 years? <laughs> well, because we you lot, work all the time. We have a lot more kids of that if you did. <laughs> so. say, we have two kids between us. <laughs> Gosh. Okay, I think we've gone off the rails here. So, uh, oh, goodness, we're way past an hour on this. This is cool. Hmm. So, you got anything else about uh, weather you want to talk about? Boring weather ahead. Uh, yeah, off and on. Chance of showers and thunderstorms. You know what? Those I, little fronts coming through. Not old, this is going to be perfect pumpkin patch weather. Maybe. Well, it's maybe get after hot the, the, the end of the week, though. Yeah, but maybe after the master blaster comes in in October. Well, I don't want to go when it's cold. I got to go when it's like. I want to go when it's fall. Yeah, I when it's go fall. When it's like, like in the seventies. It's, it's still I'm like warm, late but... summer right now. I like crisp autumn air. Yes, you can put long sleeves on or a yeah. jacket, but flannel I like, shirt. I like yeah. it to be crisp. There's something about the fall air that energizes me i know and it just feels good it's, it's right. usually dry and you know you can stand Correct. outside and it makes you feel good and shares over there with the parka and <laughs> <laughs> she likes it too yeah well like you said like you dress hoodies. in layers you do the appropriate thing I, I wear long sleeves to work in the summer so really i really do oh not me not me no, uh, but see, with me over at the theater, I've got this this uh, chiller vent that's. I right mean, if I worked in a theater, me. I would be wearing layers because I take a blanket every time I go to a theater. Oh, people I know. look it, at me when I'm like I'm crazy going in, but boy, halfway through the show, they are jealous. Well, and then people always ask me, you know, especially my mother. She says, "Is it cold in the theater?" It's like, well, yes. It, it's kind of like pain. The answer is always yes. Well, yeah, but it's kind of like it's kind of like pain. It's like you know, what's your rate of pain? Well, different people, it's different. No, it's always cold in the theater. It's always cold. <laughs> Not to Corey when, he, when you guys came. Corey was there. Yeah, no, yeah, he's cold. When I was at Yakov, 
my office area during the show where I had my video equipment to run the show also included the air conditioner for the building. So I was in charge of the air conditioning as well. Uh, And there were certain times during the show where I would have to completely cut the air conditioning off. Oh, yeah. Due to the fog effects Mm -hmm. on stage. Yep. I'm familiar with that. Yes. Sometimes I'd forget to turn it on. Because the fog effects were for Lady Liberty, which is at the end of the show. And then I forgot to turn it on oh, after the show. Man. And the second show would be like 80 degrees in the theater. So I'd have to turn it down yeah, real fast and Oops. freeze people out. And at that point, Shara's already out. doesn't matter what time of year. If I go to a show, even if it's 900 degrees outside, I will be wearing pants and long sleeves and a sweater. Well, and the thing about the theaters, too. I mean, what, what people don't realize is... When you're on stage, they've got like tons right. of high the energy lights, lights. So on stage, they have to keep it colder because those lights are combating. It's the same thing at the hospital, like in the OR. Yeah. And oh in yeah. Radiology. The equipment puts off so much. Oh, the equipment. Is, oh, I never thought of well, that. Well, TV is like that too. Now, back in the '80s uh-huh. and '90s, it was much, much hot, hot, more hot than it is now because much more hotter, much more hotter, much, hotter. More <laughs> <laughs> much warmer because. Oh. Now they have LED lights, and yeah. they put out near as much heat. I don't know. Some of the anchors would just start sweating in the middle of a newscast back in the day because all those bright lights, and, and they were hot. Mm-hmm. Was it? Do you remember the temperature in the OR when you were in there? It was cool. You got to go to the OR? It was drugged. I was drugged. So, But oh. when I was in there working... I mean, yeah, I like put those warming blankets. Like we would wrap them around us and wear them like dresses because it was freezing. But when well, I know you turn the lights on, yeah, yeah, we actually had temperature gauges in there, and if they got above a certain degree, like we had to shut that OR down because of the germs and stuff. Like, right, we had to have it below a certain degree. Oh, that's so crazy. like if the air broke in one room, we could see the temperature rising, and we'd have to shut it down. But I can't remember what I can't remember if I was hot or cold when I was the patient. You probably were worried about. I don't other think things. I cared. Uh, I was going to say you so probably drugged, got the good I drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I remember shivering, but that was for a different reason. Oh man. Well, I don't know. I think that probably, probably will do it for this podcast. We should do an after-show podcast right after. I'm this, telling so. you, one of these days, you guys need to do a show of just, just talking, just to learn the guys. Who is Stormdar? Who is Stormdar? We might do that later, so I don't know. (laughs) Oh well, Corey, you got anything else on this? Well, Shara, thank you for joining us for our first day of fall. The first day of fall, and I've had to work the last few Mondays. I haven't got to join you. Uh, Yes, well, you're welcome anytime, and I know Garen wants to come too, so Mm -hmm. we're we're gonna have some guests on here. Okay, well, let's wrap this thing up then. So be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your newsfeed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, check out our website and our merch store at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast.